chapter 14, verses 22 through 31, of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 22 through 27. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Augustine our Lord, having said, A little while, and the world seeth me no more, but yet shall see me, Judas, not the traitor named Scariot, but he whose epistle is read among the canonical scriptures, asks his meaning. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Our Lord, in reply, explains why he manifests himself to his own, and not to aliens, viz. because the one love him, the other do not. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Gregory, if thou wouldest prove thy love, show thy works. The love of God is never idle. Whenever it is, it doth great things. If it do not work, it is not. Augustine. Love distinguishes the saints from the world. It makes men to be of one mind in one house, in which house the Father and the Son take their abode, who give that love to those to whom in the end they will manifest themselves. For there is a certain inner manifestation of God, unknown to the ungodly, to whom there is no manifestation made of the Father and the Holy Spirit, and only could be of the Son in the flesh, which latter manifestation is not as the former, being only for a little while, not for ever, for judgment, not for joy, for punishment, not for reward. But we will come unto him. They come to us in that we go to them. They come by succoring, we go by obeying. They come by enlightening, we go by contemplating. They come by filling. If we go by holding, so their manifestation to us is not external, but inward. Their abode in us not transitory, but eternal. It follows, and will make our abode with him. Gregory. Into some hearts he cometh, but not to make his abode with them. For some feel compunction for a season, and turn to God, but in time of temptation forget that which gave them compunction, and return to their former sins, just as if they had never lamented them. But whoso loveth God truly, into his heart the Lord both comes, and also makes his abode therein. 
for the love of the Godhead so penetrates him that no temptation withdraws him from it. He truly loves, whose mind no evil pleasure overcomes, through his consent thereto. Augustine, but while the Father and the Son make their abode with the loving soul, is the Holy Spirit excluded? What meaneth that which is said of the Holy Spirit above? He that dwelleth with you, and shall be in you, but that the Spirit makes his abode with us. Unless, indeed, a man be so absurd as to think that when the Father and the Son come, the Holy Spirit departs, as if to give place to his superiors. Yet even this carnal thought is met by Scripture, in that it says, Abide with you forever. He will therefore be in the same abode with them forever. As he did not come without them, so neither they without him. As a consequence of the Trinity, acts are sometimes attributed to single persons in it. But the substance of the same Trinity demands that in such acts, the presence of the other persons also be implied. Gregory, in proportion as a man's love rests upon lower things, in that proportion is he removed from heavenly love. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. To the love, then, of our Maker, let the tongue, mind, life bear witness. Chrysostom, or thus, Judas thought that he should see him as we see the dead in sleep. How is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Meaning, alas, as thou art to die, thou wilt appear to us but as one dead. To correct this mistake, he says, I and my father will come to him, i.e., I shall manifest myself even as my Father manifests himself, and will make our abode with him, which is not like a dream. It follows, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father which sent me, i.e., he that heareth not my words, inasmuch as he loveth not me, so loveth he not my Father. This he says to show that he spoke nothing which was not the Father's, nothing besides what seemed good to the Father. Augustine, and perhaps there is a distinction at bottom, since he speaks of his saying, when they are his own in the plural number, as when he says, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. When they are not his own, but the Father's in the singular, i.e., as the word which is himself. For he is not his own word, but the Father's, as he is not his own image, but the Father's, or his own Son, but the Father's. Chrysostom, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Some of these things were obscure, and not understood by the disciples. Augustine, the abode he promised them hereafter is altogether a different one from this present abode he now speaks of. The one is spiritual and inward, the other outward, and perceptible to the bodily sight and hearing. Chrysostom, to enable them to sustain his bodily departure more cheerfully, he promises that that departure shall be the source of great benefit, for that while he was in the body they could never know much, because the Spirit would not have come. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Gregory, 
Paraclete is advocate or comforter. The advocate then intercedes with the Father for sinners, when by his inward power he moves the sinner to pray for himself. The comforter relieves the sorrow of penitence and cheers them with the hope of pardon. Chrysostom, he often calls him the comforter in allusion to the affliction in which they then were. Didymus, the Savior affirms that the Holy Spirit is sent by the Father in his, the Savior's name, which name is the Son. Here, by an agreement of nature and propriety, so to speak, of persons is shown. The Son can come in the Father's name only, consistently with the proper relationship of the Son to the Father and the Father to the Son. No one else comes in the name of the Father, but in the name of God, of the Lord, of the Almighty, and the like. As servants who come in the name of their Lord do so as being the servants of that Lord, so the Son who comes in the name of the Father bears that name as being the acknowledged only begotten Son of the Father. That the Holy Spirit then is sent in the Son's name by the Father shows that he is in unity with the Son, whence he is said to, to be the Spirit of the Son, and to make those sons by adoption who are willing to receive him. The Holy Spirit then, who cometh in the name of the Son from the Father, shall teach them, who are established in the faith of Christ, all things, all things which are spiritual, both the understanding of truth and the sacrament of wisdom. But he will teach not like those who have acquired an art or knowledge by study and industry, but as being the very art, doctrine, knowledge itself, as being this himself, the spirit of truth will impart the knowledge of divine things to the mind. Gregory, unless the spirit be present to the mind of the hearer, the word of the teacher is vain. Let none then attribute to the human teacher the understanding which follows in consequence of his teaching. For unless there be a teacher within, the tongue of the teacher outside will labor in vain. Nay, even the maker himself does not speak for the instruction of man, unless the spirit by his unction speaks at the same time. Augustine. So then the Son speaks, the Holy Spirit teaches. When the Son speaks, we take in the words. When the Holy Spirit teaches, we understand those words. The whole Trinity indeed both speaks and teaches, but unless each person worked separately as well, the whole would be too much for human infirmity to take in. Gregory. But why is it said of the Spirit, He shall suggest all things to you? to suggest being the office of an inferior. The word is used here, as it is used sometimes, in the sense of supplying secretly. The invisible spirit suggests, not because he takes a lower place in teaching, but because he teaches secretly. Augustine, suggest, i.e. bring to your remembrance. Every wholesome hint to remember that we receive is of the grace of the spirit. Theophylact. The Holy Spirit then was both to teach and to bring to remembrance, to teach what Christ had forborne to tell his disciples, because they were not able to bear it, to bring to remembrance what Christ had told them, but which on account of its difficulty or their slowness of understanding, they were unable to remember.
Chrysostom. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. He says this to console his disciples, who were now troubled at the prospect of the hatred and opposition which awaited them after his departure. Augustine. He left no peace in this world, in which we conquer the enemy, and have love one to another. He will give us peace in the world to come, when we shall reign without an enemy, and where we shall be able to avoid disagreement. This peace is himself, both when we believe that he is, and when we shall see him as he is. But why does he say, Peace I leave with you, without the my, whereas he puts in my in? My peace I give unto you. Are we to understand my in the former sense, or is it not rather left out with a meaning? His peace is such peace as he has himself. The peace which he left us in this world is rather our peace than his. He has nothing to fight against in himself, because he has no sin. But ours is a peace in which we still say, forgive us our debts. And in like manner we have peace between ourselves, because we mutually trust one another, and we mutually love one another. But neither is that a perfect peace, for we do not see into each other's minds. I could not deny, however, that these words of our Lord's may be understood as a simple repetition. He adds, not as the world giveth, giveth I unto you, i.e. not as those men who love the world give. They give themselves peace, i.e. free, uninterrupted enjoyment of the world. And even when they allow the righteous peace, so far as not to persecute them, Yet there cannot be true peace where there is no true agreement, no union of heart. Chrysostom. External peace is often even hurtful, rather than profitable to those who enjoy it. Augustine. But there is a peace which is serenity of thought, tranquility of mind, simplicity of heart, the bond of love, the fellowship of charity. None will be able to come to the inheritance of the Lord, who do not observe this testament of peace. None be friends with Christ, who are at enmity with the Christians. Verses 27 through 31. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If ye loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come to pass ye might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. Chrysostom, after saying, Peace I leave with you, which was like taking farewell, he consoles them. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The two feelings of love and fear were now the utmost in them. Augustine. Though he was only going for a time, their hearts would be troubled and afraid for what might happen before he returned, lest in the absence of the shepherd the wolf might attack the flock. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again to you. In that he was man, he went. In that he was God, he stayed. 
why then be troubled and afraid when he left the eye only not the heart to make them understand that it was as man that he said i go away and come again to you he adds if he loved me you would rejoice because i said i go unto my father for my father is greater than i and that the son then is unequal with the father through that inequality he went to the father from him to come again to judge the quick and dead for that he is equal to the father he never goes from the father but is everywhere altogether with him in that godhead which is not confined to place nay the son himself because that being equal to the father in the form of god he emptied himself not losing the form of god but taking that of a servant is greater even than himself the form of god which is not lost is greater than the form of the servant which was put on in this form of a servant the son of god is inferior not to the father only but to the holy ghost in this the child christ was inferior even to his parents to whom we read he was subject let us acknowledge then the twofold substance of christ the divine which is equal to the father and the human which is inferior but christ is both together not two but one christ else the godhead is a quatrinity not a trinity wherefore he says if ye loved me ye would rejoice because i said i go to the father for human nature should exult at being thus taken up by the only begotten word and made immortal in heaven at earth being raised to heaven and dust sitting incorruptible at the right hand of the father who that loves christ will not rejoice at this seeing as he doth his own nature immortal in christ and hoping that he himself will be so by christ hilary or thus if the father is greater by virtue of giving is the son less by confessing the gift the giver is the greater but he to whom unity with that giver is given is not the less chrysostom or thus the apostles did not yet know what the resurrection was of which he spoke when he said i go and come again to you or what they ought to think of it they only knew the great power of the father so he tells them though ye fear i shall not be able to save myself and do not trust to my own appearing again after my crucifixion yet when ye hear that i go to my father ye should rejoice because i go to one greater one able to dissolve and change all things all this is said in accommodation to their weakness as we see from the next words and now i have told you before it come to pass that when it does come to pass ye may believe augustine but is not the time for belief before a thing takes place is it not the praise of faith that it believes what it does not see according to what is said below to thomas because thou hast seen thou hast believed he saw one thing believed another what he saw was man what he believed was god and if belief can be talked of with reference to things seen as when we say that we believe our eyes yet it is not mature faith but is merely preparatory to our believing what we do not see when it has come to pass then he says because after his death they would see him alive again 
and ascending to his father, which sight would convince them that he was the Christ, the Son of God, able as he was to do so great a thing, and to foretell it, which faith, however, would not be a new, but only an enlarged faith, or a faith which has failed at his death, in being renewed by his resurrection. Hilary, he next alludes to the approach of the time when he would resume his glory. Hereafter I will not talk much with you. Bede, he says this because the time was now approaching for his being taken and given up to death, for the prince of this world cometh. Augustine, i.e., the devil, the prince of sinners, not of creatures, as the apostle saith, against the rulers of this world. Or, as he immediately adds, by way of explanation, this darkness, meaning the ungodly, and hath nothing in me. God had no sin as God, nor had his flesh contracted it by a sinful birth, being born of the virgin. But how it might be asked, canst thou die, if thou hast no sin? He answers, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise, let us go hence. He had been sitting at table with them all this time. Let us go, i.e., to the place, where he who had done nothing to deserve death was to be delivered to death. But he had a commandment from his Father to die. Augustine that the Son is obedient to the will and commandment of the Father, no more shows a difference in the two than it would in a human father and son. But over and above this comes the consideration that Christ is not only God, and as such equal to the Father, but also man, and as such inferior to the Father. Chrysostom. Arise, let us go hence, is the beginning of the sentence which follows. The time and the place, they were in the midst of a town, and it was nighttime, had excited the disciples' fears to such a degree that they could not attend to anything that was said, but rolled their eyes about, expecting persons to enter and assault them, especially when they heard our Lord say, Yet a little while I am with you, and the prince of this world cometh. To quiet their alarm, then, he takes them to another place, where they imagine themselves safe and would be able to attend to the great doctrines which he was going to set before them. End of chapter 14